You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. This week is all about sheep and the great shepherd. We will discuss how God is truly our shepherd who not only leads us but remains with us on our journey. How we don't have to fear even though there is true evil in the world around us. And the fact that God will, for His name's sake, lead us both through green pastures, by still waters, and through dark valleys, but always with a plan and a purpose. All of this and more on After the Message. Well, hey guys, welcome to the After the Message podcast. Hey, Good Preston. To see everybody in the room. Hey, Preston. Woo, we are excited. Mike is still out. He's coming back at some point, but about eight weeks. <laughs> Who knows? That dude's at the beach. He's taking a good break. We're happy for him. He mostly. Threw his phone in the water. Mostly, he's not returning calls or text. <laughs> or... I texted him this morning, forgetting he was gone. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Mark, Mark Crickets. said I'm on my way, and you got nothing. He's back, still sleeping. So. <laughs> They're in Eastern time. I think they still sleeping. I hope he is. I hope he is. Hey, uh, who's in the room? We're going to do this in reverse order. We're going to start with the most important person in the room, which everybody's thinking it's got to be Josh because no. he's the pastor and he no. preached this sermon. But if Chase was not in the room, we couldn't pull this off. So, Chase, we're glad to have Chase uh, running the show for us. Mark Evans is back in the room. You were out last week. I did. I was on my vacation last week. Yeah. I didn't return any texts either. (laughs) Came back rested, refreshed, ready for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. He's y'all can't see the nonverbals, but he's he's glad to be back. I and of course, glad. Josh Braddy is here to uh, unpack the sermon even further. So grateful for that. And uh, Dr. Neil Marsh, Smarsh, to my right, Smarsh. Yeah, that was not me. the nickname that I gave him earlier. Noble but I can't Neil. remember you, the nickname. Noble, Noble Neil. Noble Neil. That's yeah, what right. it was. There we go. But I had to say it now, so it ruins the there, whole thing. Well, you but. You but now we can keep name. using That's it. That's right. I'm using that name. <laughs> I should write it down so I don't forget again. Uh, so we're glad to be with you. Um, unpacking, even more so, uh, Psalm 23, or as I said last week, sometimes we call it the 23rd Psalm. When did it become the 23rd Psalm and not just Psalm 23? Anybody know that? Trivia? Chase, you know that? You got an answer? Do you know the answer? I do not. Oh, uh, it would have been this a Michael, is for our listeners to go research. Is a Michael W. Smith song is when that would have happened. <laughs> is Psalm 23 and the 23rd Psalm different? You know what? I just, uh, growing up, I always heard the 23rd Psalm. I never heard it referred to as you Psalm 23. But you don't, don't hear the other ones, ones? like the first, the first Psalm. Psalm. Yeah. The first Psalm, <laughs> the 50th Psalm, just the 23rd Psalm. 23rd so it just made me, made me wonder. Huh. So, so if you're listening, you have that answer. <laughs> Be fantastic. Let us you know. Called in. And That's right. Let us know. I wish this was a call-in show. That would be awesome. <laughs> hey, this uh, this sermon obviously came out of a passage that uh, a lot of people have heard probably many times over the years in different contexts. Um, often in contexts that there was some type of distress or, or sadness or things like that. But uh, Josh, as you were prepping for it, this one it seemed like maybe felt a little different. Not not just as you were prepping, but really maybe even Sunday morning as you were kind of in those final moments of preparing. What was that like? You, you, you talked a little bit about that. But what was yeah. That like? So in this season that I'm in right now, currently July 2023, um, is a unique season. One, I, I don't know if I've ever been in before, uh, just personally. Mm-hmm. Um, one where I love the Lord desperately and I know that he loves me. Um, but there, 
like just honestly, there are some questions in my mind that I've never had before, hmm. um, and and dealing with those 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 deep questions, and I don't see those as bad things. I see those as beautiful things that are refining, um, mm-hmm. that that make the faith that the Lord has trusted to me deeper and more rich. Um, but in some ways, those questions are pretty terrifying mm. um, as as I'm working through them and sorting through them in the Scripture and prayer and. And, and as I come to the twenty third Psalm, like there's this sense of of a shepherd, and and when you, on the outset of it, there there's this picture of the king of Israel, David, who writes this psalm, and what what he is writing to the Israelites, what he's writing to the Hebrew people, and he's telling them is, hey, you've got to resolve this in your heart that mm-hmm. he's your shepherd, mm-hmm. and if you do, then it's going to be good for you. But but to to see to see God as your shepherd is to relinquish all control. And you've got to trust him. Well, I'm a controller by nature. Mm. Um, I, I mean, to the to the nth degree. Like, I want to be the one who drives my family around in the car. Um, my wife makes fun of me when we fly on airplanes. Like, I want to sit in the aisle seat just in case the the pilot becomes uh, incapacitated, and uh, I need I need to go up and fly the. I've never flown yeah. <laughs> a plane in my life, but you know, call me up. I'm gonna do something. There you go. Um, like, there there's something to that. And so, long story short, as I'm I'm working through this. There's a real sense of control that I'm sorting through right now in life. Mm-hmm. Um, as and I don't know if that's just a getting older thing, uh, if yeah. that's a diving deeper in my faith thing. But there's there's a part of me that says, "All right, God, I trust you with my eternity, but do I really trust you with my every day?" Yeah. Uh, and and one of those is easier than the other. Yeah. Eternity for me, for whatever reason, is easier because I have yeah. really no control over it. That's right. But every day is is a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. So as I come to this text, I find it. I have to trust him. And then when I got to uh, verse four, the valley of the shadow, and um, I, I read it a little bit, but but it was more in like just my talk with the Lord that morning about shadowy places, like mm-hmm. the deepest, darkest shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, though For me, those are the places in my mind that are still unresolved or at least resolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. And as I was just honest with the Lord, I'm so scared about some of these things. Like I could feel him I, mm. supernaturally. I could mm-hmm. feel him saying, just trust me, mm. just trust me. I have you. And I can't tell you the last time that I have felt that um, intimate with the Lord in a in the word. And yeah. it had very little to do with preaching and more to do with just sitting yeah. in his grace to me. So yeah. it was just, it was good. It was just good to sit with the Lord early on a Sunday morning yeah. and have him remind me of his faithfulness, even in my journey, even yeah. in, in some of my doubt, in some of my fear, and some of the greatest shadows that are in my mind that I would probably never want anybody to know, but he knows them. Yeah. Um, and for him, they're not very shadowy, mm-hmm. um, but for me, they are. Mm. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, not just here, but in the sermon, because I, I think for for our listeners, for our congregation to understand that anytime someone comes to the pulpit to preach, they're not just coming with a text in a study mode but they're coming mm-hmm. as real people with real things going on in life, and mm-hmm. the text is speaking to them just as it's speaking to the, the other listeners. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah. coming out of such a, such a commonly used or known passage, it would be easy just to kind of go into, well, I know this one. Let yeah. me just get in there, and I, I, I can preach this one right. That's right. Um, and Mark, you had, you had mentioned something earlier that I uh-huh. think ties in kind of to that idea of nailing down you know, he is my shepherd. Like mm-hmm. right out of the gate, I think you said it kind of sets the tone for yeah. the, the rest of the. Yeah, I think everything in this passage really 
we underestimate um, what we believe um, because we can read a lot of facts. We can say, yeah, I believe that. But there's a core settledness that comes when we say, okay, I'm, I'm not just believing it intellectually. With everything that I am, that is my mm-hmm. core conviction. Mm-hmm. He is my shepherd. He is sufficient. He can provide everything that, that he has created me for. He's enough for that. Mm. If we don't settle that deeply with a deep conviction, then um, I think the rest of this passage is, is going to be tough. But life is going to be really out of out of out of kilter for us. Yeah. We're just going to be out of place. It really yeah. sets the tone for how we do yeah. life, how Absolutely. we how we view life. And there's a there's a settling, I think, in the mind. You know, of this is something I'm nailing down. Like I believe mm-hmm. this. Um, I, I, I with my mind, I believe this. But there's also this emotion, this heart part, heart part of the psalm that you you see throughout the psalm. But I think even as we went through the morning yesterday, you could feel the emotion. I was mm-hmm. not in the room. I ended up uh, having the joy of <laughs> keeping babies yesterday morning, but I went back and watched the you. sermon afterwards. Um, but in the song leading up to it, and that was something different for us, and so I I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hate that I wasn't in there present for it, but um, talk for those who are in the room, talk about what that was like hearing the Scripture, because we typically do a Scripture reading prior to the sermon. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes along with it comes from the same passage. This was a scripture singing, really, uh, mm-hmm. of, of the song. But what was that like going through even just the song before the sermon started? Yeah, for me, it was, um, it was actually surprisingly powerful in, because you had this, the repetition of certain, certain phrases. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it kind of pulled me down a different path for a moment. And here was the path it took me on which was on the valley of the shadow of death. And it was you know, for us in our family, my dad passed away um, last August, so almost a year, right? Mm. So all that kind of stuff is still kind of under the surface, just kind of sitting there. Um, and so it's in the valley, valley of shadow of death, but yet I will fear no evil. And so I was like, for some reason, hearing that repeated over and over again, um, I believe the Holy Spirit was asking me the question, if that's true, um, two things, one, do I still fear uh, an eventual personal diagnosis of Alzheimer's as part of my story mm-hmm. later on? Mm-hmm. And how do I live? I, th- I think part of me lives in fear of that now mm-hmm. rather than liberty. So that was number one, which is, a, I think, uh, uh, an in- invitation from God to begin to let go of that mm. and to not live with that. That was the first thought um, that surprised me. Number two would have been, what are those areas in my life, either through trauma, like big T trauma or little T trauma, mm-hmm. that in our journey um, killed innocence or killed a dream of what was supposed to be, and then define, I, we, that we allow to define in how we live life with other people now, mm-hmm. and that we still live in bondage of the fear of those things again happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it started for me. Yeah. It was in a very personal way with the idea of, uh, personal death, grief, yeah. loss, and then also, what does it look like on an everyday basis for all of us who have other wounds that we've experienced that right. um, that lead us to still live in the fear of death, even though it's maybe not a physical death, but hold us captive. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I started the sermon off. Well, and I, and that's before the sermon even yeah. started, right? That's just, right. Just through the psalm itself, in in words 
but sung. And I love you said this personal part of it because this is a personal psalm. I mean, mm-hmm. this is David. Uh, he's he doesn't start off with the Lord as our shepherd, um, which would have been, I think, from some things I read, a more common thing of that time. They mm. would have talked about God more in a, right. a collective sense. But this is a very personal psalm, and I think it does. The phrasing of that right out of the gate does tend to lead us toward thinking a little more personally mm-hmm. about it. So for you, it sort of took you to that place of, of loss, but also fear of, of loss, even future loss. Yeah. Yeah. And like immediately right out of the gate. Yeah. Which is unusual for me. You weren't ready yeah. for that, right? Yeah. 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 And, and you know, as you think think about control and think about what it's like to have a shepherd who sees the bigger picture, knows the better path, is really in charge, mm-hmm. uh, and we are the sheep who none of us like to be the sheep, right? Right. Because sheep are dumb, dumb that's right, all of those things. Stubborn. Um, but in this context, that's who we are because we don't know. We, we don't see what he sees, and um, use the word sometimes we, we want God to be our kind of our co-shepherd, right? <laughs> That's right. So what what does that feel like for you guys uh, when you kind of find yourself in a mode where you're going, okay, I really want God to be my co-shepherd on this one. How does that look? Well, it feels normal, sadly, um, that because it's pretty many, common for most yeah, of us. <laughs> many, many days it's a, uh, all right, God, look, we're, we're going to do this together. We, we've got this. We're, you know, you wake up, all right, well, are, we're going to work together on this thing. That's not what David is saying. Like, like this is the king. Again, we go back yeah. to that. He's the king. And that, yeah. I think it would be different if it were just some random Israelite who who kind of feels this. But the fact that the king makes makes this statement and makes this statement personally for him, not mm-hmm. not just even as as a platitude yeah, of right. oh guys, we need to understand that he's a, no no he is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. He I, and, and in him, like in him, what Mark just talked about, I have no need. I have no want. Like I will never need for anything because I know He is sufficient to give me whatever I need. Mm-hmm, yeah. So there'll be days that it's going to be green pastures, still waters. Yeah. There'll be days that it's it's the dark, darkest, deepest shadows. Yeah. But no matter where I am, I know my Shepherd is all sufficient, and He's going to give me everything I need. So the fact that David says that sobers me up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And draws me back to at least pause where we live today and our all-sufficient selves. We're hungry, we go buy food. Mm-hmm. We we want to go somewhere, we put gas in our car, we go to mm-hmm. that place. We want to buy something. Typically, where we live, and, and I know this is even different from places I've lived, like typically it's not a put things on layaway. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> growing up, uh, Perver County, uh, we, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought everybody used layaway yeah. at Walmart. Like, that was that, the deal. Yeah. That's how everybody right. <laughs> got school clothes. That's everybody yes. got shoes. That's how everybody got their their school supplies. I had no clue you can actually go to Walmart and just buy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, because me and my mom, like growing up, like we would we would go put stuff on layaway, and there there was a sense of waiting. That's not here, man. You want it? Psh, go get it right yeah. now. There's a sense of I'm the captain of my own ship. I'm going to sail it wherever I want to go. And so David writing this is a sobering call to say, hey, I'm, I'm not God's co-pilot. He's not mm-hmm. my co-pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm not in charge of my life and just asking him to bless mm-hmm. me. I am surrendered to him. Mm-hmm. I am trusting him and He's got yeah. me. Which is a beautiful picture. This is the king saying those things. Right. That's exactly right. So that's <laughs> who has the ability right. to do all mm-hmm. the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that part of uh, you know, we kind of pick our path and say, here's where I'm going, but Lord come bless it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably where I see it the most. And e- even in my my life, if I were to 
kind of dig deep, it's probably more that. Hey, God, this is really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to come alongside of me and bless this. But being able to step back and say, but yeah. if this is not what you want me to do, it's not where you want me to go, then please help me push pause or put the brakes on. Right. And that's that's even a different angle than I think historically this uh, Christian culture mm-hmm. that we have in America and particularly in the South, which is I'm going to go bust it and I'm going to achieve mm-hmm. and I'm going to be successful, but I'm also going to be a moral good person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure my sins are taken care of so I get to go to heaven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Goodness it, gracious. Lordship in that sense is really just enough to get me to heaven mm-hmm. and to do good things. Yeah. Yeah. But a surrender of your soul that says, I'm submitted to you. You're my only satisfaction and yeah. I'm going to let you lead me. Yeah. And that's a, that's a beautiful picture from this passage that um, sometimes gets missed in our cultural Christianity that we have. Yeah. And, and speaking to that, like I don't want people to hear like us just looking down on people saying this is who – like what you just explained is the very thing that I'm dealing with Absolutely. right now. Yeah. Because I, I know, like in my heart I'm resolved, Lord, you've got my eternity because I, I can't yeah. touch it. Right. I can touch everything else. Yeah. Right. And I feel like I, I have so much that I've, I've tried to manipulate so much in my own life. And I call it godly, but is it? Mm, right. And I'm not saying it's not, but I'm not saying it is. Right. And that's, I think, the refinement process right now of, Lord, is, is any of this what you desire for me and my family? Is this, have, have I overstepped? Have I understood? I just want to yeah. be in your will, but I, I, I'm terrified to know, yeah. man, that's what good. you said. I don't, I don't want people to hear, <laughs> you guys deal with that. We don't. <laughs> no, man, no that's, at all. That's, not at all. That's my fight right not now. At all. That is it. We are some self-reflective sheep in this room right now. So. Uh, Come yeah. on. <laughs> Still sheep, but right? still sheep, nonetheless. At least we're not goats. Yeah. Yeah. At least I pray. Well. Still smelly, and <laughs> and I think yeah. you know we we because in our culture we don't deal with sheep a whole lot. I don't think anybody in here would say they're an expert um, shepherd, but for their culture, this was like they saw sheep everywhere. Mm-hmm. They one hundred percent got the analogy of mm-hmm. if you're a sheep. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how to take care of yourself. You don't know how to feed yourself. You don't know how to find the water. You are on your own without a shepherd. You're toast pretty much. Mm, that's exactly I mean, right. You, you can't provide for yourself, nor can you defend yourself because sheep have, as I understand it, pretty right. much no defenses, right, if something comes after them. And so right. the analogy that he's going with here is uh, it's a pretty desperate uh, analogy. Mm-hmm. And so if we are the sheep— Therefore, we are in a pretty desperate situation. Yep. And David would know. He was the shepherd, like he was yep. a shepherd boy and grew up. He one hundred percent got it. That's how he handled it. One hundred percent got it. So, as he as he walks through this, obviously there's some parts of it we're like, oh, I love that part, right? You know, green pastures and still waters mm-hmm. and all of that, and he restores my soul. And we we were talking a little bit about that earlier. Of what does mm-hmm. that even mean? He restores my soul. Um, what, what, as, as you think, because I think we have all experienced times where our soul has been disturbed or our soul has been in turmoil mm-hmm. or in distress. Uh, what does it mean to restore? All right. I'm, I'm going to go back to shall not want with yeah, restore with my soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when we look at the shadow of death and the storms and the difficulty, there's, there's the external outward uh, storms, difficulty, challenges, mm-hmm. shadows. Mm-hmm. For me, when I read through this and and just p- 
part of it is my journey right now is a is a fight for my soul, mm-hmm. for soul rest. Yeah. So for for me, when I was reading through this, the green pastures, where I'm in a position where he's restoring my soul, it's not that I'm out of the shadow. I'm in the shadow. I'm in the storm. But what does it look like to be in the storm and still shall not want mm-hmm. to have a restored soul? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the it's the picture of I'm not trying to escape the world and the pressures mm-hmm. and the shadows of the world. It's the reality that we live in and the brokenness. Mm-hmm. How in that brokenness can He restore my soul? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. So. I'm not really answering the question. I'm just coloring in how I was thinking through the question of in the midst of the brokenness of this world, in the midst of my sin, in the midst of my insecurities and fears and anxiety, what does it mean to experience a a restored soul that does not want? So restoring our soul doesn't mean he's going to change all the outward circumstances around us. That's right. Yeah, which is sometimes what we want him to do. Or it doesn't mean that we have to go up and down Mm -hmm. depending on the outward circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, when I'm in the storm, what does it look like to have a restored soul in the midst? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And I think for me, going back to the very personal moment of yesterday morning uh, or Sunday morning, um, it was exactly that. I think a restored soul for me was just knowing that he is near. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I know that intellectually and I preach that mm-hmm. professionally, yeah. but personally, how often do I experience that or do I posture myself to – to experience that and and just like truly I can't fully explain it but just knowing like feeling his presence knowing he's near I don't need anything outside yeah. to change then yeah. right because yeah. now I'm fully assured that I don't have any needs anymore like I, I don't want right mm-hmm. I, there's nothing that I will face that he can't he can't meet me in yeah, yeah. and yeah. for him like when I when I say it, it's not even a fix like I know a lot of times <laughs> like we'll hear worship songs and I think that's my gripe a lot of times about some theology of worship songs it's just the idea that God's always going to make it better mm-hmm. that there's always a breakthrough coming there's yes, always yeah. man, no no there's not like mm-hmm. read the scriptures most of the time there's not a breakthrough mm-hmm. coming but God is always faithful yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. in his faithfulness you don't need the breakthrough you don't you can face death right. and it's not a fearful thing yeah. Because he's with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if he's with you, then nothing else matters. Right. And, and I think that's the key. You know, when you look through this whole passage, it keeps coming back to his presence. It's really about whatever circumstance, whether yeah. you're in the pasture or the valley or whatever, I am with you. I'm leading you. I'm guiding you. And I I thought about we um, years ago, Mason and I had the opportunity, great opportunity to go and climb um, Kilimanjaro. And we had guides that were with us the whole way. like And not like with us like 200 yards away. <laughs> they were with us like right in front of mm-hmm. us saying, step here, mm-hmm. don't step here, watch this, be careful for this, listen to my voice, do what I say. I never had a thought for where we're going to end up at the end of the day or how are we going to get across that. Mm-hmm. I just was at rest knowing that my guide had done this maybe 100 times yep. And was going to tell me everything I needed to step know exactly when I needed it and was not going to leave me and was not going to, like, go ahead of me and look back and say, hey, slacker, why you, <laughs> why are you having such a hard time breathing back there? You know, because that's what a good guy does. Yeah, right. and, uh, and a good shepherd, in this case, is way, way better than a good guy. But I think the presence part, um, the, the, hey, whatever you're in, 
you're not in it alone. I am here mm-hmm. with you, and I'm not going to leave you uh, at any point. Let me take up on the restore part a little bit more. So uh, my paternal grandmother passed away several years ago. She had had polio when my dad was around two or three, had lived her life basically independently from that point forward with her right side crippled or paralyzed. She remembers being in the iron lung, mm. like had the whole thing as part yeah. of her story. And uh, when she passed away, um, I got her books. Mm. And um, she had like 10 copies of Corey Ten Boom's The Hiding Place. Mm. I was like, what is the deal? Like, mm. like, this, <laughs> like you're like, oh, more of those yeah. books. <laughs> and as I reflected on that, um, the, the idea of my grandmother who was trapped in her body and her circumstances were not going to mm. get better. Right. Mm-hmm. She had decisions to make, um, and she chose a life of joy. Corey Timmy, I think at one point, as she's in a concentration camp, says, they can take away all these things, but they will not take away my joy or my mm-hmm. smile. Yeah. And so when I think of restore, after we kind of talked through a little bit, it is the idea of the Holy Spirit reclaims us, is transforming us, mm-hmm. um, renewing our mind. Mm-hmm. To what the Father had created us to experience in the very beginning, we're becoming more like Christ, um, and find rest in that rather than performance or those other things, or that our circumstances are better. Restoring is not just bringing me back to even where my I'm back mm. at where I was. Mm-hmm. I think it's bringing me somewhere that I was intended to be. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is that even yeah. better? Yeah, yeah, makes great sense. Yes. And and though I would say, unfortunately, because I hate it when I'm in it. We also yeah. know it to be true that part of how he does that is allowing us or leading us into valleys to get us to that point you're talking about, right? right? There, there's that moment where a shepherd says, hey, we're, we've been in a good spot, and now we've got to go through this valley to get to the next spot you need to be in. Yeah. And spiritually, sometimes the only way for us to grow, as you're talking about, is to go through some hard things. Yeah, so let me let me t- take this a step further and see if this actually is right. Therefore, when that happens um, to the rest of the world and they see us submitting to that and experiencing joy in circumstances mm-hmm. where the good news of the gospel becomes more clear, that is where, that is the, the great commission that when the world is watching us experience that and have faith in that mm. rather than rebellion, that is when mm-hmm. the rest salvation occurs for others around us and the Holy Spirit brings mm-hmm. that to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, think so. that's Paul's point in 2 Corinthians yeah. 12, mm-hmm. when, especially 9, where he's begging God to take this thorn away from yeah. me. Yeah. And the Lord said no. And he said, well, mm-hmm. I'll boast more in my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Therefore, mm-hmm. Christ will be yeah. seen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that same part of, in, in this context, it's for his name's sake. Like yep. the, the things that he does, he's ultimately doing it for his that's name's right, sake right. and his glory. And we struggle with that, I think, always, because we often like to do things for our namesake and our glory. Yeah. And so uh, as he's leading us, it's always oh. with that purpose, even as he leads us through the valley. Um, we didn't talk, or I don't think you went as deep maybe into the rod and the staff, but part of the deal in the valley is you don't have to be afraid because he's there. And he's got this rod and staff, which, again, is a shepherd metaphor. Uh, anything else that if you could... Talk more about sure, that. Sure, yeah. So, so they, they served two different functions. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there were two different implements, but a lot of times it was the staff was the longer portion that would hit the ground, and that would be something that the shepherd would use to to kind of kind of walk, like mm-hmm. on the, the jagged edges. Like it would be something they would walk, and it would be something the sheep would hear 
as it would click on the rocks, that as they were going, they could know the sound of the shepherd, whether the sheep couldn't see him, they could always hear him mm-hmm. because they, the, the click of the, the staff. But then you had the rod, which was usually the top part of, of the staff, and it was like a kind of like a, a heavy part of the wood or, or something something big and bulky at the top where they could strike strike the sheep. That's where they would defend off uh, fend off animals or other things that were trying to take the sheep, but also to correct the sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would take the the I've never been a shepherd, uh, but uh, what, <laughs> I read, great, what I read uh, is <laughs> they would confident there. Like, yes. I can imagine this. Well, right. they would take the rod part and they would take it and they would they would hit the sheep, not in a mean way, not in yeah. a malicious way, not even uh, in an incapacitating way, but in a way that would correct the sheep. Hey, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Hey, continue down this path or just touch the back of the sheep with it because it was a longer yeah. uh, stick and they would be able to touch it even though they weren't physically right near and the sheep would know, okay, this is still the right path to go. Mm-hmm. And so when David writes, because again, shepherd, his whole life, yeah. it's what he, he knows, it. your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm. Now, for an outside world, if you're not a sheep, right, and, and you, you have no context for this, and, and somebody may say to you, you're telling me your God, your, your, your guide, your shepherd mm-hmm. is going to hit you? Yeah. And somehow that's better? That's comfort even? Yeah, and that's comfort. Like, like what are you saying? That, mm. that sounds like you are brainwashed. This mm. is wild. Like, you need to get out and experience. You are free to go do what you want to do. Well, there were, there were opportunities for sheep to go free, and that never ended well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's where the shadows became real. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's where the wolves were. That's where the bears mm-hmm. were. That's where the lions were. And they they would come in, and they they would devour them. That's where the people would steal the sheep were. But if you were with a shepherd, I know it's hard to understand, but it's not really. Think about if you're a parent and you have mm-hmm. kids that you give them instruction. I'm not saying that you beat your kids at all. Like that's not at all what we're saying. But there are times that we correct our yeah. kids, and they may not like it because it is not comfortable. It is uncomfortable to them, but it is for their good. And as they grow, it keeps them on the right path. It allows them to remember, hey, last time I did this, I got a spank, or I got mm-hmm. the spanking spoon, or I got put in time in, or I got whatever mm-hmm. the corrective mode is. I'm going to remember the last time I was going down this path is not good. And if I don't do that, then I'm not going to get corrected. And that means I'm going to just keep going on this path and I've got to trust the one doing the correcting. Mm-hmm. And so that's the shepherd and that's that's the one who is guiding us. So that's why we don't have to fear evil. You go off on your own, you got to fear evil because yeah. it's on you. Yeah. And as a sheep, you've got no defense. Yeah. But if you're with the flock yeah. and you're with the shepherd who's leading the flock, there's nothing that can touch you. Yeah. Even the shadows become nothing more than fairy tales as you yeah. continue through. And we know those shadows don't last forever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're going to go through the valley of the shadow, but you're going to come out of the valley one day mm. onto the other side. Mm. That's good. That's good. good. And I think this this idea even of uh, the evil around, when you get into the last part of the of the ta- Psalms, you've got this shift, right? We've been a shepherd. Most of us don't know a ton about shepherding. We... Uh, we we kind of learn some as we go. I feel here. like raising young kids is a it's, little bit. It's like a it. little bit like that. They're stinky. They're stubborn. Right. They're I don't know. They think they know more sometimes. We get a shift though as we get into the last couple of verses, and now God is more the host, not so much the shepherd, um, but the host. Big picture thoughts on that as we kind of begin to land the plane a little bit today. Um, when you think of God as the host setting the table. The enemies are still there, right? The, in the presence in of the my enemies. Presence of, that's, what, that's a huge statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For for me, like that, we were talking about a while ago, and, and we're marching towards, like if this is a journey and the shepherd meets us and we're scattered and we're scared and we're nervous and we're hungry and we're thirsty, and our shepherd meets us, he collects us and he says, eat, drink, mm-hmm. rest. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to go. 
And so there's this journey that happens mm-hmm. and, and there's some green pastures and still waters. There's the valley of the shadow. But then you get to the other side and there's there's the strange thing that happens, right? And so again, it is a shift, but it's not unrelated. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the shepherd, it's the host. And, and then we end up in the in the Lord's house, like it's his house. And and the enemy's still there. Like again, it goes back to the truth. Just because you belong to the Lord doesn't mean you don't have enemies. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, you might have more enemies right. and they may be more ravenous mm. towards you because they hate him, therefore mm. they're going to hate you. But you don't have to fear that because even in the presence of your enemies, the Lord is going to set your table. And the, the imagery that that David sets here, and if we understand it rightly, there's two things that's going to happen, right? So there's an anointing with oil over our head. We we don't do that quite often. That'll be fun next time we do like a dinner party. If we bring some olive go. oil and we just start dumping it. it on each other's head. That'll be <laughs> fascinating. Anyway, the idea is when that happens, it's it's the oil of the the person who owns the home, and it is you are welcome, you are blessed, and you are under the protection of this house. Mm. And so it is just a signal to say I'm I'm and it's the idea it's not just a little bit of oil but it is all over the head dripping down the beard like if you were to have a beard. Uh and and then there's this idea that the cup overflows mm. in the presence of your enemies, right? So there there is this blessing, there is this celebration like and it's a strange juxtaposition here. The enemy is angry at you, snarling at you, but they can't touch you. Mm. Because God is with you, Go, goes back to the to the idea. There's not always a breakthrough. There's not always a, mm-hmm. but God is always faithful always in it. Yeah. And one day, one day, those enemies are no longer there. And so David ends as he travels on in this psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And it's because the presence of the Lord is there, not because he is good or he's achieved this this sense of nirvana, right? It's it's because the Lord is with him and guiding him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Therefore, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like that is a beautiful picture and has none of it, none of this, like something that I find, I think I found yesterday, but find so comforting. There's nothing about Psalm 23 that says the sheep did this. Mm-hmm. It is everything to do with the shepherd. That's right. that's and if good. you belong to the shepherd, you're going to dwell in his house. Mm-hmm. And that's just what's going to happen that's, because that's he's it. the shepherd. Yeah, you, you can run. And so, again, I'm so thankful we have 66 books of the Bible because we get the good shepherd's picture in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And we see what happens when stupid sheep do stupid things. Yep. And we have that shepherd through the, all of the Gospels yeah. chasing after yeah. sheep, yeah. bringing back sheep, mm-hmm. fending off the people who were outside, people who couldn't seem to get out of their own way. Jesus was the good shepherd yeah. and brought them back in, protected them, and never lost one of them. Yes. For he is good, and he is the he good is. shepherd. He that's is. Good. That's, that's a great tie-in from what we've read here in Psalm 23 to uh, to Jesus as our shepherd. And um, great reminder to us, and, and we won't unpack all of this, but Mark, you did mention earlier just the the repetitive nature. And Josh, mm-hmm. you, you said that in your sermon, that they would have repeated this over and over. And I think the, the truths of this passage are things worth repeating. Uh, we talked earlier about anxiety, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, anxiety really is where we believe the lie and That's repeat right. it over and over and over. Right. And this passage really is about setting up the truth and repeating that That's right. over and over and over. Just so. letting it pour over our souls. Yes. Yes. Repetitively. It's good. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Uh, we are going to still be in the Psalms for a little while here. So Indeed. next week, Josh, we're in Psalm, Psalm. 34, <laughs> Psalm 32. We're in, 
score? We're in a good psalm next We're week. We're somewhere in the 30s, low 30s. Low 30s. <laughs> so read them all. Read all the low 30 get, psalms. Get you there. And, It'll be fantastic. And you will be, be awesome. prepped for it. And uh, we'll have a few more weeks of this. So, hey, thank you guys uh, for being here today and for everything that you guys do around here. And uh, we will look forward to another great week this Sunday. And uh, be back next time. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Love you This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at mybroadmoor. Thanks for listening.